Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you're subscribed, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. This week, Pastor Tim Thompson will be looking at one of the most pressing issues for our children today. Let's get started. Well, good evening, everyone. Great to see you guys. Great to be here with you. I'm really, I I would love to say I'm excited to share this message with you tonight, um, but I would be lying. Um, Honestly, I'm, I'm upset that I have to share this message with you because it just gives a little light to what's going on here in California. And for those of you who are watching online and you're not from California, what I have to share with you tonight, I guarantee, is spreading your way. So just know that um, this is where we're at this day and age, and you guys are all interested in prophecy, and so these things God told us about ahead of time, it doesn't have to scare us, but it does have to be something that we have to be aware of. God tells us to watch and to be prepared and to know the signs of the times that we are living in, and so that's what we're going to do tonight. So let me just start off by saying a prayer that God's Spirit would be here with us and just give us continued protection of our hearts and our minds as we go through a very sensitive topic tonight, shall we? All right, Father in heaven, we are grateful for you. We believe in you. We believe that you sent your only begotten Son to live a life of perfection and to die a death on a cross, to be risen from the dead, and to send his Holy Spirit to live and dwell within all those who would call upon your name to be saved. And so thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Um, Guard our hearts, guard our minds tonight, and Lord, help us to be effective for you here on earth while we still have breath in our lungs. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let me just say hello. Uh, We haven't done so, I haven't done so yet. Hello to everybody who's watching online. Glad you are tuning in with us. I'm very grateful to be here, grateful to share God's word. Um, I'm going to be in Luke chapter 17, if you guys want to make your way there. Luke chapter 17, the title of today's message is The Sexual Objectification of Our Children. And that's why I was saying I'm not real excited to talk about this, but I'll be honest, this is a topic I have been talking about quite a bit lately, and it's a topic near and dear to my heart. I love children. Um, I I really, really feel a a strong desire to stand in the gap and protect children, and especially the ones who don't have anybody doing that for them, and there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of them, but this topic, it's weird. Um, About a year and a half ago, the doors started opening for me to be involved in this. And honestly, it was never a door I knocked on. I never said, Lord, show me something you want me to get involved in. It just kind of happened where God started opening the doors and I heard what was going on in the public school systems and I said, this is not right. This is not good. And um, well, you'll see from the the text tonight, it's not something that that God didn't already warn us about. So I want to talk to you about this war that is being fought for the sexual purity of our children, the innocence of our children. Um, In Luke chapter 17, it tells us that one day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin. I think we can all agree on that. It's the word of God, we agree anyways, but this is very practical. We know everywhere we turn, there's temptations going on everywhere. And you know, in James, it says that we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own wicked desires, right? Um, the, the idea there is, I'm not tempted to go rob a liquor store. 
I'm not tempted because I have no desire to do it. But let's face it, human beings are sexual in nature, and because they're sexual in nature, they have sexual desire, and so it's very easy to tempt a human being with sex because pretty much all human beings have that desire. So there's always going to be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? What sorrow awaits that person? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. Um, I'll talk about that verse a little bit later because I had an opportunity to share that with the committee up in Sacramento just a few days ago. And um, yeah, they, they didn't really like that. But let's face it, the Word of God is an offense to those who are perishing. That's just the, the cold hard fact of God's Word. Um, so if you're a note taker tonight, I'm going to give you three takeaways, three things that you need to know about the sexual objectification of your children. So here we go. Verse 20, chapter 17 of Luke's Gospels. Uh, there we see Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, um, he was asked when the kingdom of God would come. And he answered them, he said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. He, he said to the, uh, then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there, do not go after them or follow them. So when Jesus was there with his disciples and he ended up leaving and he sent his Holy Spirit, there were many days where the disciples of Jesus longed to see his return. And that is something that has not stopped since he left. Every disciple of Jesus Christ, including you and including me, every disciple of Jesus since he left has been longing for his return. And here we are in 2019 we are longing for the return of Jesus. We are just wishing that that day would come near, and of course we see everything falling into place for that to happen. But as things are falling into place, and as God is doing His work of preparation, you and I are still here left, and I feel kind of like Habakkuk. You know in Habakkuk chapter 1, he's crying out to God, he's like, how much longer do I have to see this? How much longer? Because the, you know, there's perverse judgments, the law is powerless, like all these things are, are going on. He says, I don't want to see this anymore. And I, I sometimes I feel like that because you, the closer you get to the Lord, the holier you become. The holier you become, the worse sin looks to you. And so you start seeing it more and more, and you just long for the Lord's return. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Um, so... Verse 24 says, as the lightning flashes out of one part under heaven, shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. So the idea here is there's going to be many false Christs, many people coming, declaring that the Lord has come or that they are the Lord. What this is saying, listen, don't fear about this. When he shows up, people are going to know. There's going to be no mistake, just like the lightning comes from one end and the whole sky, everybody sees this. When the Lord returns, there's going to be no mistake. Everybody's going to know that it's Jesus. But, verse 25, first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, and this is kind of where I'm getting into our point for tonight's discussion, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate. 
They drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. In other words, another day, another dollar. It's just business as usual. Life is just going on. People are eating and drinking and getting married and giving a marriage and just doing what they always do as though nothing is going to happen. Oh, those weird people building an ark. Oh gosh, you know, those weird, that weird guy, Lot, who says that God's going to destroy everything. Those weird people like Tom Hughes out there at that weird church, that they're telling people that Jesus is coming back. Don't listen to that stuff. Just eat, drink, be merry. That stuff's never going to happen. Sound familiar as you share your faith with people in this culture. They just want to go along life like nothing's happening. When I talk about the sexual objectification of our children, literally, some of the stuff you, you're going to hear tonight, it's going to blow your mind. And as I share some of these things with some parents, they're like the, the ostrich in the sand. You know, they stick their head and say, if I don't see it, if I just pretend like it's not there, it's not going to bother me, it's not going to affect me. And that's just not the case. It's real, it's happening, and we have to face it head on. But people are just going to go along like nothing's happened. God already told us, so it shouldn't shock us, right? He said, this is what's going to happen. They're just going to go along life like nothing is going to happen. Now, it's, we'll take a look at verse 28. It says, likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Business as usual. Another day, another dollar is how I put it. Now, we know some other things about their time. As you've studied history, you study what's in the Scriptures, you know that these times, the times before the flood, the times before God brought fire and brimstone down, down on Sodom and Gomorrah, you know that they, those specific times were marked by very unique things. Things like the fact that everybody were prone to just give in to their physical appetites. Um, it was very secular in nature. There was a disregard for marriage in that, in that time. There was a disobedience amongst the people. There was a, an ungodliness amongst them. There was a population increase around that time. There was all sorts of advances in their technology during those times. There was a rise in violence. There was a rise in corruption. And you see that as you study these different things. Now, People also, one thing we know is that people had turned to very obscene sexual immorality. That was something that marked those times. Now, what Jesus is telling his disciples about his return, he says, when I return, it's going to be just like those times. People are going to be going on like nothing's going to happen, and all these things will be on the rise, including sexual immorality. So here's what you need to know. The first point tonight about the sexual objectification of our children. First thing is that the main battleground is the public school system. The main battleground is the public school system. Now you might be saying, well, TV, you know, TV's got such a wide you know, spread. People can see so much on TV nowadays, social media. You know, the kids have access all over the place and movies and YouTube and Netflix and all of these different avenues for the sexual... Um, objectification of our children and yes these things are true and all these things that I just mentioned have something in common what is it that those things have in common that the public school system doesn't have in common with them those things happen primarily at home TV Netflix social media you as a parent or grandparent 
or guardian. You have control. When the child's not at school, you have control. At least you should. You have control over what they watch, who they're talking to, what kind of books they read, what kind of movies they watch, what kind of social media they're into. You have control over all of these things as the parent, as you should. At school, you don't have control over what your children are subjected to if they are in the public school system, which includes, by the way, charter schools. I have a lot of people I'm talking to, oh, well, my kid's in charter school. It's okay. Charter school is a public school. They are, as of June of last year, they're subject to the same weirdness that we're going to go over tonight. So the main battleground is the public school system. Now, let me be really clear before we move on from this point. There are some very, very good public school teachers that love the Lord. And so when I'm, when I'm saying these things about the public school system, I'm going to blanket out some statements. This is not meant to attack those good Christian teachers. I know many of them. I feel so bad for them right now, what's going on in their life. There's anti-bullying rallies held by people that are the bullies. And they're bullying our Christian teachers in, in a way that's just sickening to me so if you're a public school teacher or you're you have a loved one's a public school teacher there's nothing against them this is the public school system that i'm talking about so we have to know what's going on in our public school system specifically when it comes to the sexual teachings to our children here's what you have to know ab 329 was passed just four years ago i'm not going to go into detail what's on this flyer but you can go to the website and you can find it but this is a flyer that was put out um, about six months ago, and I was the, the 412 Marietta, we were the test church to put this out. And once this started spreading, of course, it, got, it, it went all over the place. Maybe some of you, how many of you have seen this, by the way? I'm just curious. There's, okay, some of you have seen this. Well, I'm glad you've seen it. Now you've all seen it. And um, here's, and again, I'm not going to go through the details. The, the stuff that's in here, what's being taught to your children is absolutely vulgar. It's pornographic in nature, and it is required by the California State Education Code. In other words, it's law. That this stuff will be taught has to do with homosexuality, transgender issues, stuff like that. And this kind of breaks it down kindergarten through fourth grade. And you're saying, wait a minute, kindergarten through fourth grade, why are they teaching this stuff in kindergarten through fourth grade? They shouldn't teach it that young. Well, you're right, they shouldn't teach it that young. But in the state of California, after AB 329 passed, what they said was, this can be, te this can be taught to the children at any age-appropriate level. Well, who determines what age-appropriate is? Not you, the parent. Not in the school system. So they determine, well, you know, if a five-year-old is a sexual being, then a five-year-old should, we should be able to teach this stuff to five-year-olds. Literally had a school teacher get mad at me for spreading this around. First of all, saying it was propaganda and fear-mongering. Um, and they said, um, how dare you? How dare you? I have homosexual kids in my class. Come to find out later on, this was a kindergartner teacher talking to me. I mean, I just want to know what kind of conversations this woman is having with five-year-olds where she thinks she's determined their sexual preference. I guarantee you that five-year-old does not know what their sexual preference. They barely can spell their last name. I mean, come on. You know, but, but this is what's going on. This is state law. You can look it up for yourself. These aren't lies. If you look at the backside of this page, you can see right here in the state of California, which one of your legislature, legislators voted for this. So take a look at that. But there, just so you know, when it comes to this curriculum, there are five state-approved 
in the state of California. This, again, this has gone to other states, but I'm just going to talk about what's going on here because this is where my expertise lies. So five state-approved curriculums, every single one of them that have been approved have all sorts of vulgar, vile stuff in it. And you might be thinking, well, not in my school, because that's what I hear all the time. Oh, not in my school. And I ask them, what school does your kid go to? And they tell me, and I go, yep, they teach it there. What school do you go to? Oh, yep, they teach it there. And I know, I know what, what they're teaching in all these schools. The very first lesson in the most prominent curriculum that's used in Southern California, very first lesson says to blindfold a child, if it's a male, blindfold him, spin him around, get him real dizzy and confused, and ask him, imagine that you are a gender other than the one assigned at birth. If you're a boy, what kind of dress would you wear? What would your father think if you told him you're now a girl? This is the very first lesson in it. So this is what's going on in our public school systems. It is required at 7th and 11th grade. Required. And again, it can be taught all the way down to kindergarten. Districts can teach it, like I said, at any age-appropriate level, but you may be saying, no, not, not my child. I mean, I can opt my child out because there's opt-out rights, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. You can opt your child out of all what they call all or part of the instruction. So you can opt your child out of everything, which is good, but we're, we'll get beyond that in a moment, but you can opt them out of all of it, but you may not opt them out of the LGBT stuff only. So if you say, listen, I, I like that you're teaching about the HIV, I like that you're teaching about how to protect the child from that kind of stuff, and I even like the abstinence part you have in there, because there's a small, small, tiny part, it says, you know, small part, um, I like that, but I don't want them hearing about the transgender stuff. I don't want them to hear about the LGBT stuff. You as a parent do not have the right to opt your child out of that alone. That's the state law. That's how it goes. Um, that's, that's really, I mean, it's 51933. That is the state ed code that talks about this. So it's all or none, but you might say, well, wait a minute, I really think that I should be able to opt my child out. Right? Well, again, this is just not going to be allowed in the state of California. Um, this, this goes ahead and it unpacks this a little bit deeper for you. But what it says is parents or guardians, they, it permits them to opt out of all or part of comprehensive sexual health instruction. However, schools are not allowed to permit parents or guardians to selectively opt out students of lessons that are focused on LGBTQ content while leaving them in the classroom for other sexual instruction. Doing so would violate the non-discrimination provisions of the education code discussed above and would have opened the districts up to significant liability for uh, discrimination. So th this is what really truly is going on. And um, now you might say this, then, okay, well then I'll just opt them out of all of it, right? I mean, that's, that to me would be the logical, let's just opt the kids out of everything, then we don't have to worry about it. Well, here's what they've done, because they've gotten wise to this. You have the right to opt your child out of all or, n or none, right? You, you, okay, they're not going to go to any of it. I can't opt them out of just the LGBT stuff, so I'll opt them out of all of it. They won't go. Good for you. Good parent. Awesome. So what they did was they said, okay, since parents are going to opt their kids out of all of it, let's take the LGBT stuff and let's, let's stick it in math. Let's stick it in language arts. Let's stick it in health. Let's stick it in science. Let's stick it in all these other subjects because a parent has no right to opt them out of math. 
They have no right to opt them out of health. They have no right to do these things. So we'll put it in all these other things. Now they have to go through it, and the parents have now lost the control that the parents should have. This is what's going on. How do I know this? Well, because the law is written in the state of California, and this is what it says. Programming and instruction relating to LGBTQ people for example, mandated instruction about uh, contributions of these types of people in history and social science or assemblies on bullying and harassment are not comprehensive sexual health and HIV prevention and education. This, clearly, this is cl clearly articulated in the California Healthy Youth Act within section 51932B. So it says this chapter does not apply to instructions, materials, presentations, or programming that discuss gender, gender identity, gender expression, gender, uh, sexual um, orientation, discrimination, harassment, all of these things, right? Therefore, since the parental opt-out applies only to comprehensive sexual health and HIV prevention, the law is clear that the instruction, materials, and programming re referenced in this section are not subject to parental notification and consent and parents may not opt their children out of them. This, this is the sexual objectification of your children. It's disgusting, but this is what's going on. The transgender ideology has mixed its way through every single topic in our public school system. I've seen the framework, and it's horrible, but this is... Again, this is what's going on. Um, this is one example. I'm going to give one example. I will tell you, I've got example after example after example after example of books that are going to be taught to your children and your grandchildren. Again, this is just one of them. Who are you? This is a child's guide, again, kindergarten through third grade. It's a child's guide to gender identity. Gender identity, where it says that when babies are born, parents make a guess on their body, based on what their body looks like. Later on it says, but only you know you best. What is this doing? This is undermining the authority of the parent. I know what your parent guessed, but your parents don't always know. You know better than your parent. You know who you are. It goes on to talk about all the different types of genders and what people call to these things to talk about their experience. Gender, gender queer, transgender, gender neutral, gender neutral, all, all these different things that they come up with. And it says there are many, many other ways that people use to call their gender experience. This is called the gender spectrum. So this, this is a book for kindergartners through third graders. Again, I've got other examples of what's going on. Um, literally, too graphic for me to show here at church. It's child pornography. When you look up the definition of child pornography and then you look at these books, it is child pornography and it is now forced on your children. And this is where we're at. And it's in every single subject now. The California framework for health, all, all grades, but kindergarten through third grade is one of the ones I've really been focusing on because I have strong issue with this. And what we did recently is we just, in fact, just a few days ago, we went up to the Department of Education in Sacramento, and uh, we, we had a rally out front, and we, we brought a lot of parents, went up with us. We had hundreds of people show up for this, and we had Senator Mike Morell come out, Senator Brian Jones. Senator Mike Morell is um, a co-author of a bill coming out, SB 
673, I believe. Be looking for that um, if, you're, if you're a California resident because that's going, to, that's going to be a good bill for this whole sex ed stuff. But we, we here in California, we've got a super majority in basically going against us is what we've got. That's what's going on. But I just wanted, real quick, I wanted to share a video with you, just a, a, just a few minutes, but this is just a brief little video showing what happened. And, and this is meant really to be a source of encouragement for you all because, like I said, um, these things are falling into place. But as we're watching God put different things into place, you and I, when we're living here on earth, we have a responsibility to be two things, salt and light. Salt reveals... I mean, salt um, preserves, light reveals, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing. So just wanted to share this with you because there are people doing this, and this is what it looks like. Hi, I'm Pastor George Roska, and I really want to thank the hundreds and hundreds of parents that were out here today at a historic rally in Sacramento on Capitol Hill.
I was so absolutely moved of all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents that I saw out in that rally, out in that crowd, and the children coming out with their signs to fight. Just keep posted on the Facebook page. Stay tuned and um, keep informing and keep staying involved. And we're gonna join and be united together across California to fight for our children. This love won't leave me cause my past is bad I love to see people like Senator Mike Burrell come on out and speak and share his thoughts and his heart towards this situation. And I think really what we need to see is the church statewide wake up and really see that we can be a part of affecting change for the kingdom of God here in California. I really want to encourage you to get this information to your pastor. Have your pastor get informed. Have your pastor get involved. Have your pastor lead the congregation in affecting change for the kingdom of God. I told you that uh, that verse at the beginning, I would talk to you about that later, that verse that says, better that a millstone be tied around your neck and flung into the sea than you cause one of these little ones to stumble, little ones to sin. And um, that is a verse, you saw me there at the committee at the Department of Education, and that is a verse I shared with them as they were considering whether or not they're going to approve this framework. And... Um, I can tell you this, at least when they stand before God, they cannot say, well, you never told me. You never warned me. You know, one of the obligations we have as Christians is to open our mouths and share the word of God with people. And whether it's going to offend them or not, the fact is the word of God's going to offend them, and that's okay. Um, that's called conviction, and it's what we need to draw us into a right relationship to God. Um, but I'm excited to see that there are parents getting involved and getting informed and, and trust me, when you start to dig into some of this stuff, it's going to disgust you. Definitely don't dig into this around your kids or your grandkids because things will come up that's just vile. But it's things that you need to know, um, at least a cursory understanding of what's going on so that way you can help protect the kids in your community. Here's the second point. I said I'll give you three takeaways. Uh, second takeaway is this. There is a pedophilia spirit behind all of this. There is zero doubt in my mind that what we are dealing with is a pedophilia spirit when it comes to this sexual objectification of our children. And there, I'll tell you, the reason I, I know this is I'm watching what's going on with all of this, and the whole point is they're trying to get our children to be sexually active, younger and younger, with more and more partners. And the state is really pushing to try to do all of this. And like I said, the battleground is the schools, right? Well, here's one reason I know this. If you take a look at this, this is the governor of the state of California, Gavin Newsom. And what this is telling us is that Gavin Newsom wants universal preschool for low-income children in California to be phased in over three years. So this is what they describe as an ambitious plan that will call for full-day preschool, according to a document provided by a source close to Newsom 
and his transition team. In 2014, the legislature declared that it is the intent of the state to provide all low-income four-year-old children from working families with full-day, full-year early education and care. This is, it sounds like on the surface, it sounds like, oh, great, our state's trying to take care of us. <laughs> Those of you that you got the spirit of God in you, you're like, ding, 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 ding. No, 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 that's not what's going on. You want control over our children. You want to cut us as the parents out of this is what you want to do. And it's very clear to those of us that do have the Spirit of God, it's clear what's happening. And they are after our children. Now, you're going to get a kick out of this next one. Um, as soon as I read this, you're probably going to say the same thing that my, my brain said when I read this. And again, having the Holy Spirit in you. But this is Gavin Newsom as well. Newsom's cradle to career. How many of you have heard of the cradle to career thing? Okay, now, now more of you have heard of, about this now. Cradle to career education pledge will require sweeping changes in California. Here's what this is. This is Gavin Newsom's words. He says, our role begins when babies are still in the womb. And it some of you already know where I'm going with that, don't you? Um, well, babies are still in the womb, and it doesn't end until we've done all we can to prepare them for a quality job and successful career. Our role in a baby's life, when the baby is still in the womb, how convenient that it's a baby in the womb when they want to control it, but it's a fetus when they want to disregard it. They want to control our children. It's so clear. They want to cut the parent out, and they want to take over the child's life. And one of the things that you'll see as you start to dig in to this curriculum that's being taught, over and over again, there is discussion with your children and your grandchildren on how to reject and provide consent sexually, all the way down to kindergarten. I'm telling you. All the way through is how to give consent. First of all, in the state of California, children aren't supposed to be able to give consent. That's why they can't enter into a contract. That's why they can't go buy a car without you. Here's the thing is they want your money. So the contract is good. That, that, hey, the parent has to sign. They have to co-sign. If the child, you know what I mean? So that's what's going on there. But ch children are, when they're under 18, they're not supposed to be able to give consent. They're not supposed to be enter into contracts. But what they're teaching them all the way down to kindergarten is, you know, give consent or reject. No, I don't want you to touch me there. Oh, I'll let you touch me there. Read the, the document. This is what's going on in it. What it is, is it's teaching the children to be sexual very, very young. So I'm saying there's a pedophilia spirit behind this. There's a very evil spirit that is at work trying to get to our children younger and younger. And it's at work in our public school systems. Again, this is not just the state of California. My wife was reading an article about Oregon, just north of us. And they are literally taking kids to conferences in Oregon and telling them to do methamphetamines. Because that will help the young girl in her physical abilities to continue on performing what she needs to perform. This is what's being taught in Oregon. And it's being taught in California. But this, so I'm saying it's not just the state of California. This is spreading out all over our nation. Third point tonight is this. When it comes to the sexual objectification of our children, there is a concerted effort to cut you, the parent, out of the picture. This is a, a national and a statewide 
desire when it comes to public education to, to say you, the parent, really don't know what's best for your child. Only we, the educated state, can do that. Maybe you don't believe me. You know, maybe you're saying, listen, I know that you're saying this, Pastor Jim, but I'm the parent. I'm the grandparent. There's no way on this earth that I will ever allow that to happen to my child. Not in, I don't care what public school they're a part of. I don't care what, what, what's going on. It's not going to happen. Not on my watch. I'm the parent. I have rights. No, you don't. No, you don't. How do I know this? Again, this is, this is really what's going on in the state of California. The how many of you have heard of the Ninth Circuit? <laughs> uh, here, here's what the Ninth Circuit, it's, it's unreal. The Ninth Circuit literally says that they have agreed that you, the parent, do not have the fundamental right to be the sole provider of what your child is taught when it comes to sexual education. You don't have the right, according to the courts. That's what they say. And you have no way to, no recourse if you don't like something that's taught, you have no recourse when it comes to the schools. You have no right to go to the school and tell them that you don't want your child to be exposed to these things. That's what's going on Ninth Circuit Court. I, again, remember I told you at the beginning, I'm not real excited to share this with you. This is not lovely things. There's a whole lot of lovely things in God's Word, and there's some stuff that's not so nice is there in there i mean this god told us these things were going to take place though and here we are these things are taking place so as we close let me just give you guys some points of action um i've given you some some uh some takeaways but let me just tell you here's what you can do go to your school board meetings and maybe you were saying hey look i i'm i don't have kids in public school anymore so what you have kids in your community in public schools Go to the school board meetings. You know, you would be amazed at how many people don't. Go to, and and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, I was one of them. I showed up at a school board meeting once, I couldn't believe how empty the, the place was. It was empty. And this is what they know. Parents don't show up. Grandparents don't show up. And so they do whatever they want. And part of that is, especially like living in Temecula, Marietta, and I don't know if if it's exactly the same here, I know we're real close to, to each other here, but uh, we live in a bedroom community. Marietta, Temecula, people don't work in Temecula and Marietta. They work in San Diego and Riverside, and they commute. And so what does the school board do? They start the school board meetings at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> Parents can't make it, you know. They know this. And so they're just, everything's flying under the radar, and people, oh, no, they don't teach it at my school. Yeah, they do. So go to the school board meetings, call your school districts, find out what's being taught, um, know what's going on. When God tells us to be watching, and part of watching means we need to open our eyes and see what's actually happening. Um, tune in to trusted sources of information on this stuff. You know, there, there's always, you know, within 412, our family, we're always going to have somebody that knows what's going on with this. We're keeping an eye open, and anybody on Hope for Our Times can do the same thing. Tune in to Hope for Our Times because you're going to get what's going on with these issues. Be the salt and light. So not only be watching, but once you find out what's going on, be the salt and light. There's things that you and I can do. There's going to be a sex ed sit-out. This is going to be effective. Our goal, I'll tell you, our goal is to have 500,000 students sit out. Instead, in other words, don't go to school for one, for one day. That's it. They're not truant. That's not, there's nothing against the law. 
to have this. So we're not asking people to break the law, but have your kids sit out for one day. And there's going to be a prepared letter. Just sit out. Hit them where it hurts. Where does it hurt? Money. That's what, they're, that's what they love. They love money and the little kids. I'm telling you, this is where, where it's at. But if we hit them with the money, and you hit 500,000 students times X amount of dollars per student per day, they're losing out on a whole lot of funds. But we have to send the message to them that this is not good with us. So long as we're alive and so long as we're breathing, we're going to, we're going to stand for righteousness. Because that's what God's called us to do. You can send your kids to private school. That's expensive, but sometimes that's, that's a really good option. Or you can do what my wife and I did. We, had, we got sick of it. We pulled them out. Homeschool. We homeschooled. A lot of people say homeschool kids are weird. You know why they say they're weird? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I've watched them. They're weird because they actually know how to have conversations with adults. They actually know how to be, you know, be on time for things, and they know how to accomplish goals, and it's, it's pretty cool, really. And they spend a whole lot more time with mom and dad. I love it. We loved it. Um, but that's, that's an option. But another thing is be ready. When we see these things happening, God told us that we're supposed to be watching. We're supposed to be prepared. Why? Our redemption is drawing near. Let me get back into our scripture for just a moment as we close. The last two verses, verses 29 and 30, that I want to share with you tonight says this. But on that day, right, people, things were going on and on. People just, oh, nothing's going to ever happen. Rain's not going to come down. It's never rained before. Oh, God's not going to destroy this city. Come on, Lot, you're out of your mind. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. God told everybody prior to the flood, a flood's coming. Right? He told them through Noah, he's building the ark. They're, what are you doing? You're an idiot. No, no, God said it's going to rain. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh my gosh, it is. All of a sudden, the door's shut, and that's it. Not, hey, God's going to destroy this place. No, he's not. Ha, 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 ha. You must be joking. Oh, my gosh, he did it, you know. God says, I'm going to return to earth. I'm going to send my son back. And when he comes back, it's not going to be humble on a donkey. He's going to come back, and he will judge the living and the dead, and he's going to pour out the wrath of God on this earth in a way this earth has never, ever, ever, ever seen before. We believe that tonight. And if we believe that, it is important for us to share that with other people. Not only that, it's important for us to be ready. If there is sin going on in our life, we need to cut it out. If there are things that we are supposed to be doing and we're not, we need to start. We need to be found busy when the Lord returns. I want to be found busy when the Lord returns. And so I want that for you guys as well. And I know Pastor Tom does as well. I know he loves you guys so much. So let's pray tonight. Let's pray for the people who would make decisions in our state and in our country. Let's pray for parents to maybe, yeah, step up. Thank you. He said it, not me, but I'll just echo it. Step up. It's hard, it's difficult. Being a parent in 2019 is not easy in America. It's not. I don't know if it was ever easy, but it's certainly not easy now. We need strength. Parents need strength. Grandparents need strength. We need courage. Let's pray for that tonight. And let's pray for these poor little children. Oh my gosh. It's just, I, I weep for them, the things that are, are being taught. I weep for these children. 
And so let's just collectively together, let's just knit our hearts together and ask God's spirit upon these things. Father in heaven, we, we hear what's going on and part of us wants to rejoice because we know that you're coming so soon. And at the very same time when we're so eagerly expecting you to return, we're also just broken in our heart when we see what's happening. Especially with these little children, Lord. And you have said in your word, and we do believe your word, you've said that anybody who would cause one of them to stumble, it would be better that a millstone be tied around their neck and be drowned in the sea than to do this to these little children. And so, honestly, Lord, our heart goes out to these people that are making decisions like this. We're not wrestling against these people. It's the spirit behind them. Lord, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, and we know this. But help bring that to our remembrance and help us to pray for these people that are doing this wickedness. Let us never think that somehow we're better than they are. They are poor souls being held captive by the enemy to do His will. And Father, we pity them. So bring conviction to their souls, Lord. Draw them into a relationship with you. Father, we want to pray for parents tonight all around this nation, all around this world. This isn't even something that's, that's just here in America. This is worldwide. Lord, would you give parents the strength to stand up in the midst of this, Lord, to stand firm in who you are and who they are in you. That they would feel your spirit giving them strength, giving them courage, giving them the resources they need to provide the good education for their children, an education that is separated out from all of this nonsense. And Father, would you guard the hearts and the minds of these little children, these little children that you've created, these little children that you love. Lord, would this break our hearts enough to cause us to pray every single day for these poor children. Protect them by the power of your Spirit, Father. We pray this together here in this room, online, all the thousands of people watching online, Lord, we're collectively asking for you to intervene. We know, Lord, that there is an end to your patience. You are so extremely patient. But Father, as we study your word and we study history, we know that the, there is something very typical about the end of your patience. And that is when men and women force their sexual perversion on children. It seems to be that that's when you've had it, Lord. So collectively, Lord, we're just asking that your spirit would protect these children. Lord, use us to be salt and light so long as we have breath in our lungs here on earth, Lord. We ask all of this in the mighty, the holy, the beautiful, the blessed name of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.